could ask Richard please to come up here and as he does um, he will want to say his only claim to fame is that he's the brother of Charles and uh, please welcome it's good to have you good to be here thank you now Richard it's really good to have you and this is um, what we have the brochure can you tell us a bit about this about the brochure yes ah well it's contents about Mission Possible um, maybe, maybe I just go back a step. If okay. I may. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I've been involved in. This will lead to an introduction, I guess, of Evo and Mirami. Um, I've been involved in World Mission now for about 15, actually about 17 years. Particular heart for children at risk, for distribution of Christian literature. We've sent pallet loads of books to Bible colleges in Africa and to. Um, Bibles to pastors. You know, when you go out to Africa and you meet rural pastors, most of them just have a battered old Bible. And it's a real joy for them to receive Bibles. And also, leadership training of pastors in rural areas. And about 12 years ago, I was involved in a project in Brazil, a street children project, and went to a conference, a children at risk conference, down Ashburnham Place. And it was there that I met Evo at the conference, and we immediately had a kind of a heart relationship, if you want to put it that way, because Evo's heart in Russia was very much leadership training for the new churches that, that came after 1990, the distribution of literature, and working with street ch- children. And I worked alongside them, supporting that work um, for many years. Um, we got Bibles into prisons and, and um, libraries to new churches and sponsoring some of these street kids. And um, during that period, um, my, my first wife became seriously ill, and um, I cared for her at home, and um, it seemed right then to move on from that mission society I was with at the time, as I cared for Susan. And um, I was really thinking about semi-retirement. I thought, you know, I'm exhausted, and, um, which you are if you care for someone for many years. And then I had an email from Evo saying, what are you doing, Richard? And I said, well, I'm thinking of kind of going to semi-retirement. And he said, I'm flying to England. I will see you next week. <laughs> and um, he had an agenda. Actually, the really sad thing is I bought him the copy. And then he said, would you found Mission Possible in England? Again, very much the same vision as what I've been involved in the past, working with the, the, the last, the least, and the lost, the, the, the forgotten. Um, and that's what we do both in Africa and in Eastern Europe. And today we'll be focusing... That's a long answer to your it question. Is indeed. Yeah, I knew it was But that's all, that's all I've got to say. No, 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 I'm just starting. <laughs> He's so unlike his brother, isn't he? <laughs> Good. Right. You just said three things. The, the last, the lost, the last... And the least. And the least. That's good yeah. to have that. Okay. You're holding a, a book here that you're going to not promote. What are you going to do with it? This is, I was asked to, this is a book with various, actually quite distinguished people. And modesty would prevent you to say that you've contributed to it. Because I'm not distinguished. But I was asked to write a chapter here, and, and, I, and I said yes for a reason. At the age of 45, I've been a Christian for 20 years, and my testimony then was, God cannot use me. I was what I call pew fodder. I used to come and, and, and felt that God couldn't use me. And really the testimony is here that you can feel that way, but God can always use you. And even if you feel you've wasted a lot of your life as a Christian, God can still intervene and use someone. And I'm not saying he's used me miraculously, but he's used me far more than I ever thought was possible, because he's able to do more than we can... Yeah, Ephesians 3.20. Right, so, and, and what are you going to do with this book? You're not going to promote it? No, no. Well, I know my brother really struggles to sell books, so 
So I thought I'll make it really easy for him tonight. We're going to give you one of these free yeah, tonight. That? Now that's worthy of a clap. Give him a clap. That's good. Yeah. So you're going to give it. We're actually going to give Charles it. Charles would be very pleased yes, about yeah. it. However, finally, Richard, just to say that not only are you involved in this work, but you, you're still in, in big-timing books with... Uh, yes. I mean, I, I really believe in the Christian literature ministry. I continue working part-time for Wesley Owen. I, I coordinate their, um, their big event bookstore. So if you're going to New World Alive, I'll be there just to set up, and then I rush down to another event we mustn't mention at Skegness and Minehead to set up those <laughs> events. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's really good to be involved good. in that it's industry. It's really great having you. Thank you for being the facilitator here for bringing Evo and Miriam to us. So we shall see you in due course after the service and hear from you individually. In yeah, I'll hang around. Good. Yeah. So are we, these, you've brought plenty of oh, One last thing, because these guys aren't going to say it. When, when, when they finish, the, you ask them, what do they want you to do? They'll say, pray. But the, the issue is, how can you pray in, in an informed way? And if you want to be informed, if you... God speaks to you tonight through these guys. If you want to be um, informed, then we have a mailing list at the back that you can fill up, put your email address or your postal address, and then we'll send you prayer points so that you can pray ongoing in an informed way for this ministry. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much, Richard. That's excellent. So, Evo and Miriam, if you can come up now, please. Thank you. And uh, you're going to present this to us. You're most welcome. Thank you. God bless Thank you. you. And you've been here eight days, and you're going home tomorrow. Yes. And you have two children at home. Oh yes. And you'll be pleased, obviously. Two and a half. Two. Ah. The boy is two meter, and oh. shoes is uh, fifty. This means almost uh, <laughs> one right. and a half. Well, right. Anyway, it's, I leave it to you in good hands. Thank, Thank, Thank you. Good evening. Good evening. Um, I'm in very uh, difficult position now. Reason is that the pulpit is so big and stable that if I joke too much, she step in my left foot. And if you see me that I crumble, no, no, what good? This means she step this this evening. In order to make this meeting more international, I'm going to speak Bulgarian. My wife will translate. Well, it is easy for me. She anyway knows everything. If I say something wrong, she will fix it. That's why wives are for. So I really feel comfortable. I bring you greetings from the church in Eastern Europe. It's a privilege for us to be here in the UK, to visit different towns, to see our beautiful towns, houses, to enter big cathedrals. But above all, it's wonderful to see God's people. And during the past 30 years, I have been amazed how God, bring, God brings his people together. You may be different, you may speak another language. But when you meet a brother or sister, you feel it in your heart. We are members of the heavenly kingdom. We have one father. Many 
Many people think that I'm Russian. Така ме бъркаха и полицаите в Русия. Even the policemen in Russia think so. You are Ivanov. Yes. Ти руски. You're Russian, aren't you? No. Аз съм роден в България. I was born in Bulgaria. В семейство на пастор от нерегистрираната църква. In the family of a pastor of an underground church. Това беше в това време, когато не беше свободно да се събираме. That was the communist time when we could not gather freely. И аз помня времето, когато се молих Богу. And I remember the time when I would pray to God. И аз бях младежки ръководител. And I was youth leader at that time. И казах, Боже, дай ми Библия. And I said, Lord, give me a Bible. Аз имам само нов завет, но на мен ми трябва Библия. I only have a New Testament, but I need the whole Bible. Това беше времето тогава. That was the time. Тогава нямаше Библия. The believers didn't have their own Bibles. В един прекрасен ден Бог доведе една млада жена. On one beautiful day, the Lord brought Young, beautiful woman. Тя беше филанка. She was from Finland. И тя донесе Библии в България. She smuggled Bibles into Bulgaria. И тя ни даде Библии. And she brought us books. И аз веднага се влюбих в нея. And I immediately fell in love. Две години по-късно можах да кажа, че обичам. Two years later I was able to say that somehow he wrote a letter, but never mind. I tell you, she improved me all the time. I have to fix, fix the mistake. И аз си казах, обичам те, драга, красива мелада. And I said or wrote, I love you and so on. And she said no. I said, What's wrong? See how beautiful I am. She said, I'm a missionary. And I like to be a missionary. I say, okay, you shot the two rabbits with one shot. You know, marry me and come a missionary. And when I presented it that way, becoming a missionary to Bulgaria, she said yes. Unfortunately, we could not stay in Bulgaria. We were kicked out of the country. И тогава Бог започна да говори на нас да работим за източна Европа. And the Lord spoke us about ministry in Eastern Europe, other countries. Вкарахме литература в Русия. We smuggled Bibles and literature into Russia. После вкарахме машини за печатане. Then we took printing presses in into Russia. И Бог ни въвлече в делото. And so the ministry began to grow. Вече почти 30 години сме в това дело. We have been in ministry for almost 30 years. По-голяма част от моят нормален възраст живот в Русия. The major part of my adult life. Така че няма проблем, че им кажете, че съм руснак. And we have been working in Russia, so you can say that we are Russians. Аз почти се чувствам така. I almost feel like a Russian. Бог е бил добър към нас и е отварил врати. God has been so good. He has been opening doors. Помните ли това време, когато цялия свят се молеше Господ да махне завеста? Do you remember the time when all Western Christians were praying for God to put down the iron curtain? И как в един момент Господ е махна? And how in such a short time it happened. И на нас ни се струваше, какво е това? Не го разбирахме. And we were wondering and watching what is going on. Защото в Божията ръка има всичко, има сила. 
И тогава ни отворени врати можехме да работим вътре. Започнахме да работим с създаване на нови църкви. Тъй като цяла една голяма територия беше празна, нямаше църкви там. Можете представите територии с територията Екатеринбург в централна фина в Русия, например. Тя е по-голяма от Англия. И имаше там четири църкви. There only were four churches in that territory. Четири евангелски църкви. Four evangelical churches. Огромно количество хора. And huge population. И за кратко време Бог ни помогна да можем да помогнем да се създадат много църкви. And for a short time the Lord helped us to establish many churches there. Ние бяхме много заети. We were so busy. Ние християните често си създаваме повече работа колкото трябва. We Christians are Usually so busy, and if we are not, we create busyness for ourselves. We are in a hurry, we want to accomplish so much. And exactly at that moment, the Lord stopped me. It was Christmas time. I wanted to get home before Christmas. I was in Moscow at the railway station. And there was a little boy той имаше текст в ръката си. Аз съм гладен на храни ме. Бог започна да ми говори тогава. Казва Игнат, това е твоя работа. Както винаги, като християни, ние винаги се упорстваме. Господи, аз съм много зет. Аз толкова срещи имам със вярващи. Но Бог не слушаше това, което говоря. Ние по-старите християни го разбират това. Че Бог понякога ни заставя да направим някои неща. Ясен, че Бог постави страх в нашето сърце. И ние казахме, Господи, ако това е от Тебе, ние ще го направим. И отидахме на улиците на Москва. И това, което видяхме, ни спря. И изминахме живот. И живота на тези, които работят с нас. Сега, 15 години по-късно, Мишън Посибъл е по-особена организация. По-особено както преди. По принцип, в момента, тук сред вас са 75% от западните ръководители. Но ние имаме 75 човека, които работят в Източна Европа, които постоянно работят сред хората. Имаме 5 дома за около 100 дета. И повече от хиляда деца са в нашия офис, ние работим с тях. 
И Господ постоянно прави чудеса. И в през тази година сме готови да отворим още два дома. В които ще приемем нови деца. Така че преди 15 години не можехме да разбираме какво Бог е приготвил за нас. И ние сме чудесни, ние сме вдъхновени от това, което Бог прави. Ние искаме да ви покажем едно кратко видео от няколко минути. И след това още няколко думи от нас. Това видео е с една година по-старо. И ние имахме малко по-кратко видео за днеска. Но ми се струва, че това ще бъде по-добро видео за вас. И след това ще кажем няколко думи. Това видео е снимано в Красноярск. Това е Сибир, Русия. И това е уличния патрул и работата на наши работници там. Нека да го видим. Welcome to the world of underground, where only a few outsiders have ever visited. The basement of the blockhouse is dark and filthy, and you can hardly breathe there. However, for these children it is the only shelter from the world outside. The other option would be the cold winter night of Siberia. The street patrol is their only contact with the normal life, the only adults they can trust. The children are filthy and wear rags, and they are in a constant survival struggle. But they still try to help each other, and the boys try to behave like gentlemen. The street children are suspicious towards everybody, and they are like beaten puppies. They crawl out of their hiding places cautiously and looking around. The steps from behind the corner scare the boy and he is ready to run. Fortunately, it was a friend. Anton, Sasha and their mates of destiny have lived many years on the streets and do not know another kind of life. The boys have connected an old shower to the hot water pipe. This is our tea cooker, they say. The children of the basements live their life underground, not far from other people, but nevertheless as if they were in another world. Today is the 30th of January, 2006. We are in Krasnoyarsk. It is minus 49 Fahrenheit, minus 45 Celsius. Everything is frozen and my bones ache. We are on the street patrol outing meeting children who, on this cold night, stay on the streets.
couple of days later in the city of Ekaterinburg in the Uro area. The temperature is minus 31 Fahrenheit, minus 35 Celsius. This basement is the living place of a group of children whom the street patrol feeds and helps regularly. Serioja, it is your turn to pray today. And a loud voice, please. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the food. Bless the food. Natasha, the leader of the patrol, has just heard that some people have tried to chase away the children who stay in the pipe tunnels by throwing their burning items. She goes to see if the boys have returned to their underground home. Is anybody there? The patrol finds the boys at a couple of miles in another tunnel. The place is now overcrowded. You all have been sniffing glue. Sergei, are you here too? Hello, Maxim. The children quickly eat their food and then tell that one of them is still in the tunnel and cannot get out. He has fallen on a sharp piece of iron and has terrible pains in his leg. The boy shivering from pain and fever is lifted out of the tunnel. He has tried to clean the wound and cover it with a piece of plastic and a dirty sock. In the patrol car he receives first aid and then is taken to the hospital. When we were beginning this ministry, we thought that it would be a small humanitarian project, and, and then we would continue to do the spiritual thing. 
But when we began to work, we understood that it really is a deeply spiritual work. God had placed us there in order to pull off those children from the street. We were watching how the devil was destroying those young lives. And our task was to rescue and save them. And not only physically, because that would be only half the way. But our goal was that each child and youth would hear the message of Jesus. This is why all our workers are believers and members of local churches. And so we share God's love with these kids. And God works miracles. Ten years ago, a young girl, a ten-year-old uh, child came to our Moscow shelter home. She had ended up on the streets with her mother and elderly brother. brother. The mother prostituted her so that they would get money. And that girl came to our home. She was mentally, spiritually devastated. Her eyes were not a child's eyes, even she was only 10 years old. And we were fearing what would come out of her. One day I was visiting our shelter home and one of the boys welcomed me at the doorway. And he hugged me and he said, do you know what happened to us? I said, no, what happened? Yesterday evening we were all praying together. And we all gave our hearts to Jesus. And now we are believers. And I had been waiting for that anxiously. And we were so careful because those were children. Children who had seen so much. But my heart had been waiting and anticipating for that day when somebody would say that thing. To become my brothers and sisters. Yeah. One of these children was Lena, about whom I was sharing. The Lord just changed that girl. She became a child again. But it was so interesting to see how her love to her mother was restored. The Lord began to spoke to Lena. She began to fast. 
And we ask, why are you fasting? I'm fasting for the salvation of my parents. And I told to myself, Lord, could you please change me too in that way? That I would have this love.